I mean, in the wider picture, uh, the CV and maybe also the like the first screening step, the traditional phone interview, historically was there to get a better grip on the skills, uh, the expertise of a candidate, to get some insights, to start a conversation. Um, so I think obviously now that ability for recruiters to actually make an assessment based on the CV is significantly under pressure and at risk. So obviously more companies are looking to make changes in the process. Like you mentioned, a couple of things around the questions they're asking, uh, which is very, very specific things, but also the tools that they use to assess candidates, maybe looking at you know assessment providers a little bit more, embedding them technically uh, more deeply into the process, making sure they have the right assessment tools for the right roles, because there's a lot of you know, different skills you might want to assess or might need to assess, um, even in internal uh, placement kind of situations before you even maybe go outside. Uh, that is uh, is something where organizations are investing. So definitely, I think that is where, you know, people's headspace is at the moment. Welcome, 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 everyone, and happy Thursday. It is time for your favorite show on the internet, a little program that we like to call Town Experience Live. I am your host, Devin Foster, and we have a fantastic episode for you today. Today, we are talking about how the interview process is, is quite simply broken. Candidates are looking for a fast and transparent process to move through things, not have to jump through hoops and everything in between. And I was fortunate enough to get my hands on a nice little recording of Sven Elbert, a senior analyst uh, at Fossway Group. Uh, and he touched base with Sebastian Newheimer of Phenom. He is in the product management department. So we are going to listen to their conversation. It is one of my favorites. Please enjoy this episode uh, with Sven and Sebastian. Here they are. Welcome to today's podcast episode powered and sponsored by Phenom, which is all about the hiring process and how to efficiently reduce time and cost to hire by still providing an excellent candidate experience. I'm Sebastian Niewerner. I'm Senior Director of Product Management here at Phenom. And with me today, I'm really excited to have Sven Albert, Lead Analyst for Talent Acquisition at the Fosway Group. Hi, Sven. And probably to everyone who does not know you yet, briefly introduce yourself. Yeah, hi, Sebastian. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Son Albert. I'm the lead analyst for talent acquisition here at Fosway Group, uh, Europe's number one uh, industry analyst. We work with a lot of organizations across HR, across talent acquisition, um, help them make uh, better uh, buying decisions and de-risk them. So thank you for the invitation and uh, looking forward to this. Great. Looking forward to the conversation. And uh, to everyone listening in, uh, who is this podcast really for? So whether you are a recruiter, a hiring manager, interviewer, or a TA leader, um, everyone, every individual who really has a stake in the talent acquisition process should really listen in now. Um, if you're looking to reduce total time and cost to hire, if you want to elaborate how to better uh, collaborate and communicate within the interview process, or you actually want to make sure you upskill up and up-level your candidate experience, we are really excited to um, discuss all these aspects today. Um, and in this conversation, we will look into how candidates are screened, how interviews are actually scheduled and what this process looks like, and how interview teams, hiring teams are actually running the interview themselves. And when 
assessing this hiring process end to end. We will talk about the biggest challenges, the main challenges that organizations have right now, and also how to overcome them and how to look at this in a holistic view and introduce something called hiring intelligence. And that being said, Sven, why don't you start off with really sharing your experiences and your knowledge of what is it that com companies and HR leaders really face today in the interview processes and what are the challenges that they have? Yeah, I guess with regards to interview processes, I mean, obviously, uh, there's probably an overarching theme at the moment, given the, you know, the economic situation. Um, our research has found that organizations overall are under pressure to do more with less. HR and talent acquisition budgets are under pressure, you know, probably like they've never been before across the past few years. The pandemic obviously did a lot for digitization in HR and talent acquisition as well. Um, but now I think uh, there's a stronger emphasis on hiring the best fit. Um, there's, you know, no room uh, for error in this recessive economy. Uh, that definitely for, for interviews then, I guess that means that uh, the quality of the interviews has to increase both systematically in terms of the outcomes it produces, but also systemically in terms of the efficiency, the tools that are getting used. And yeah, I mean, honestly, across the past few years, organizations, I guess, have done already quite a bit to improve uh, the interview process. We've seen huge shifts. Obviously, during the pandemic, everything went virtual. We're still in a world where hybrid working, remote working is, is the reality for most desk-based workers. Um, so definitely that has caused many shifts. And so some many organizations have maybe made some steps up the maturity curve, I would say, and improved at least you know a couple of things in their process, cross-screening, scheduling, and interviewing. I mean, we can dive a little bit deeper as we go. But certainly, yeah. um, according to these outcomes and efficiencies, it's it's quite important at the moment that organizations look at that. And and in the conversations we're having with HR leaders, with TA leaders, that is certainly one of the major themes going on at the moment as well. So when you look at the, you, you just mentioned screening, scheduling, interviewing, what are the areas where you see the strongest, the strongest demand at the moment in terms of optimization? You mentioned the, uh, due to COVID, there was a big shift to live interviews, uh, video interviews. That is kind of reverted a little bit, right? What is your perspective there in terms of what stays after COVID and what is kind of going back to, to previous? Yeah, I mean, we, I guess we've all learned a lot, right? And um, digital maturity has increased. Everybody's kind of used to be sitting in front of a camera nowadays. Uh, so that has become more natural, has made things easier uh, in Europe in particular, I think, where it was always slower to adopt. Um, I guess overall our research shows that candidate experience is a big focus for organizations. 60% see improving the candidate experience as one of the top three kind of priorities uh, for talent acquisition. And so, you know, that obviously, if you break that down across the different stages in the selection process around uh, screening, interviewing, scheduling, there's obviously a lot you can do for candidate experience. Candidates have different expectations as well. They want more transparency. They want to know where they stand. What are the next steps? Like, you know, how long will this stage maybe take? Um, when will I hear from you next as an organization, as my maybe future employer? And so candidates want it to be a faster process. Um, in terms of points of engagement or touch points, maybe they also want, um, I guess, uh, less interactions, but higher quality ones, more meaningful interactions. So I guess the worst thing is you you can do to a candidate is kind of 
ask them the, the same questions three or four times during during the different stages of the process. So I think that kind of annoys people nowadays. Um, yeah, so there's always there's always an area where corporates can improve on the candidate experience journey, and and I guess uh, that is has been a significant focus. Um, in terms of outcomes, organizations need to mature in, in the interview practices as well. Um, so a lot of the interviews are oftentimes a little bit unstructured, a little bit inconsistent. So many clients, <clears throat> corporate clients we've been speaking to um, are now building out maybe some more role-specific interview guides, detailed interview questions that help you know the interviews then actually to deliver a more consistent experience. So. Um, I guess the question is, how do you upskill your interviewers um, and, and what are the ways you and the tools that you have at your disposal to do that? So um, the other thing probably is around automation efficiency. So that other equation that I touched on, uh, I guess, um, here, a lot of things have become possible uh, through technology. A lot of things can be automated, scheduling, um, communication, Obviously, and many organizations have adopted this. Um, the last Fosway Nightbird report around talent acquisition spoke about, I guess, in one section around the interview revolution continues. So the the general advice I, I would give is look at your technology and buyers should embrace every improvement, I guess, that, that the technology can offer because that has potential to improve a lot of uh, the processes that that exists. So every new release that vendors are putting out there, there is something for to improve interview management, interview scheduling, and those kind of capabilities. I think these are very, very great insights. Uh, and coming back to the candidate experience that you mentioned, right? It's very important that um, the touch points are reduced. Um, there's transparency in the process, uh, but also the interviews are actually conducted in a lot better way because we all know the the challenge or. Uh, the, the situation where interviewers are asking over and over and over again the same question, which is not a good experience. Um, and I think because you you mentioned uh, various aspects here, let's try to break this down into something very very uh, straightforward. And we we look at the candidate experience in in three different stages, right? The first one is once a candidate applies, um, there is the the screening stage, um, which is okay. How do you uh, actually once you applied um, get into the process, what is a communication that is potentially automated by a company, but gives you still a very good experience and you feel welcome as a, as a candidate at this uh, organization. And then uh, we start with the screening stage before we move over to um, the interview scheduling, a very burdensome process that exists at the moment in organizations. And then I think the very, very crucial topic and what you call the interview revolution continues. I think for me, it just gets started uh, because the interview process itself or interviewing candidates is still very, very traditional. It moves from an on-site interview to a video interview, but the process itself, the interview itself has not really changed a lot. Um, but starting at the beginning at the, the screening stage, so a candidate applies and it's a first interaction with, um, um, with the employer here, with the organization. Um, what do you see as the core challenges in terms of the recruiter experience, but and the candidate experience of how to make this really a, a very simplified first step in the process. Yeah, first of all, thank you for keeping me on track there, uh, Sebastian. That's really helpful. I guess um, in terms of the screening process, uh, when you think about the application, right? This is usually done now, obviously, in online way. 
candidates are uploading a cover letter, a CV, uh, when they're interested in a role, maybe they're, um, you know, doing this through their mobile phone and what have you. So obviously a lot of change there. Um, but with the induction of generative AI into modern world, and like everybody's speaking about this now, so I, I feel like I have to mention it too, um, definitely more CVs, more cover letters are getting polished by generative AI. So the, the candidates are using that. And I think that is definitely something that organizations are becoming more aware of and are kind of thinking through what, what they need to change because of that in their screening process. And I think if we look at, you know, um, August, September 2023, uh, that is probably one of the things uh, you should really do and, and look at. Um, I guess... Is that, they, I, sorry for the interruption. You said already yeah. something when you talk to the leaders that they, um, that they have solutions for, where they say, okay, we know a lot of candidates are... Um, are using GPT. We actually get feedback from our customers and say, we, we do not ask certain long text questions anymore in the application process um, because we know they are they all sound the same. Uh, so what is it that all the answers actually are very, very similar, which- Yeah, I mean, there's even like the, the idea that tools can perhaps find out if this is a, gener uh, an, a generated answer uh, to a question. Yeah. I guess, um, I mean, in the wider picture, uh, the CV and maybe also the like the first screening step, the traditional phone interview, historically was there to get a better grip on the skills, uh, the expertise of a candidate, to get some insights, to start a conversation. Um, so I think obviously now that ability for recruiters to actually make an assessment based on the CV is significantly under pressure and at risk. So obviously more companies are looking to make changes in the process. Like you mentioned, a couple of things around the questions they're asking, uh, which is very, very specific things, but also the tools that they use to assess candidates, maybe looking at you know, assessment providers a little bit more, embedding them technically uh, more deeply into the process, making sure they have the right assessment tools for the right roles, because there's a lot of you know, different skills you might want to assess or might need to assess, um, even in internal uh, placement kind of situations before you even maybe go outside. Uh, that is uh, is something where organizations are investing. So definitely, I think that is where, you know, people's headspace is at the moment. Um, yeah. And uh, I guess with, a, with regard to the traditional phone interview, yeah, uh, these things are very time-consuming, right? Um, it 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 meant that you had to go out to to so many candidates and interview them all uh, that you needed a lot of woman power or man power to actually uh, get the job done. So what I also recommend, uh, I guess, is that corporates use uh, one of the high-volume cases that they might have to stress test the processes and the, uh, the organization, the resources that they have, because there you can really see what works under significant pressure. Uh, and then the findings that you have in the high volume cases, um, obviously, if you have a hard to fill role, you don't want to necessarily use the same tools. You, you then want to make it personal. Uh, you want to provide a better experience, downscale the experience. Um, but I guess that would be an approach um, how organizations can actually start to look at improving these kind of things. Uh, that's a very interesting angle because if you if you look at it from a, from a large scale, you identify the uh, the little gaps in the process and you you can see how to improve it. 
uh, and take the learnings out before if you if you look at the high volume position and you take some of the learnings out to to, to different job zones and more the knowledge workers get and knowledge worker get yeah i think this you... is where you also have the greatest impact right if you because there you have the the volumes right and, and there you have the volume yep. and they are like on a large scale you need to start automating certain things right because then you give your recruiters your talent acquisition team um more more freedom to actually do meaningful work uh, and once you have something automated how do you make this in the next step more intelligent and you provide more context to make data-driven decisions um, and i think what you mentioned there with the, the phone interview it's a very very time-consuming aspect because it's not only the 30-minute interview uh, you also have to schedule with the candidate you have to communicate with the candidate where especially on the high volume role we see a lot of our customers actually using um, one-way video interviews or one-way audio interviews that kind of automates the entire process of getting to know the candidates in the same way they will actually appear in a live interview where um, this technology one-way interviews via video audio is something that we get a lot of very very good feedback from and especially in the high volume case big efficiency increases yeah i guess uh, when you look at um, scheduling these kind of things and i guess this applies to both the screening and obviously the interview stage as well um, there's often a lack of uh, transparency a lack of communication internally between uh, the stakeholders uh, there's obviously also different types of interview settings it's not always a one-to-one -one. certainly that is still probably the predominant case but there's also panel interviews uh, different uh, things scheduled uh, in, in sequence. You want to maybe have two or three uh, interviews uh, in a certain day um, with, with the same candidate. So I guess those are constant scheduling challenges because people's diaries change and you can't block out three days in a manager's diary nowadays, right? That's kind of impossible. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> many organizations, I guess, are using tools to help with the scheduling automation. Um, they have some flaws, I guess. Um, you are, you're sending candidates maybe to a different system. Um, there's probably like legal considerations that you have to take into account. Um, you, you don't always have access easily to the candidate profile, to the interview questions. So all of that is maybe then scattered across multiple places. Mm. So I guess even from that perspective, there are, there's things that you can bring together in one place to make it a better, talking about experience, to make it a better experience for the interviewer and then also for yeah. the candidate. Um, I guess, yeah, uh, it's, it's one of the critical stages. Um, a lot of organizations have actually dedicated people jobs to you know to schedule these interviews these interview scheduler jobs i think they are already under pressure for a couple of years um ai maybe has the potential if we look at the next one or two years to actually uh, you know truly change how how these roles look like even maybe they vanish um so there's maybe an an upskilling reskilling challenge for the people in those roles today uh, to see what other activities they can help with in the talent acquisition team or in the yeah, wider yeah. organization. So definitely that is uh, certainly a, an area of great disruption, this scheduling stage. Um, I mean, today the tools definitely um, integrate well with Outlook, well with Google uh, calendars or whatever. 
um, and even rescheduling is becoming easier nowadays, which in the like five years ago was a big problem. If you had the first day kind of agreed between everybody, that was kind of great. But then when you needed to reschedule it, your ATS maybe wouldn't support that necessarily. Um, so obviously there has been incremental improvements, uh, which I said uh, earlier as well. And I guess that is definitely something where organizations need to look at um, how this whole scheduling piece is evolving for them and what they want to do with it. I guess automation is certainly a big um, leverage uh, for this area. Fully, fully agree. I think one important aspect as well here is that um, candidates highly appreciate this easy way of scheduling calls because we only put ourselves into the shoes of a candidate. I want to get the interview scheduled as fast as possible. And I want to make sure I can talk to the, to the interviewer, to the hiring team, um, and make the decision also for myself if this is the company I want to work for. Um, and some other um, data that we actually see is that by automating the scheduling process, uh, about 95% of all interviews are actually scheduled within the first two days, which is a very, very great sign for the recruiter and the candidate in the process because it's all automated. And within two days, the, the process is, is given. Um, and I think that's only for the scheduling process itself. But what we also hear, and I think you mentioned that in the very beginning of this conversation, in the interview scheduling process, it's not only about getting the, the, the date in the calendar on the calendar, but also for the candidate specifically, getting the transparency. Where am I in the process? Who am I going to, uh, or who will be my interviewers? Um, if it's an on-site interview, right, even more information, where do I have to travel? Is there any, um, any payback of expenses? Like a lot of these questions that candidates have in the current um, interview process, besides just when is this meeting going to happen, um, is something that we hear a lot from our customers. Like we need a solution to really make sure candidates have a place to go. Similar to what, what you currently have as an online shop, you have your... your um, your account, where you go there, you have, you have full transparency on all your orders. And how do you um, create something like this for the candidate itself to yeah, also take burden off the recruiters in communicating? Yeah, I guess it's also like a, obviously a personal relationship building, uh, very important from that perspective. So uh, like you said, explaining who the person is that you're getting interviewed by, what their role is, providing a bit more context around that uh, in advance to the interview. I guess this is just not only an act of courtesy, but also helps kind of to to create that emotional contract, that psychological contract between the the potential um, new employee and obviously the organization, right? And and kind of try to get them deeper into the funnel um, psychologically, emotionally um, is is also quite important because you know uh, there's still a skills availability crisis uh, here in Europe, right? People are desperately looking for workers in, in many industries and people have job offers uh, and interviews elsewhere as well. So like you said, this automation can also improve the speed, the velocity at which you hire. And I guess that is an important aspect of as well that automation can help with is to accelerate this process and kind of uh, make sure that you ha have the ability to, um, you know, to get those to those um, very talented candidates uh, that are otherwise, you know, elsewhere. When you when you talk to to the, the leaders out there in the HR industry, what do you see as kind of the best practices? Uh, so when we look, we are we moved through the screen stage. We are now in the scheduling stage where interviews are being scheduled. 
what do you see as kind of the best practices, the, the top three ideas that you, that you saw um, to really make sure I'm ahead of competition, right? Um, because screening solutions and, and to some extent scheduling solutions exist, um, but it's really also how to implement it, how to make this a very humanized experience. What are the, the top examples that, that you came across so far? Yeah, I guess, uh, I mean, there's uh, different uh, aspects uh, to mention here. I guess one is um, obviously vid uh, embedding video messages into the communication, uh, obviously branding uh, those messages so that you have that personal touch. Uh, and uh, with that comes obviously transparency about the next steps. Um, preparation for the candidate uh, is, is an important part. Also from the corporation's perspective, preparing the interviewers making sure that they know what questions to ask, that there's consistency about the questions that they're asking. Um, so that, that helps um, to, to even provide before the interview takes place, so during the scheduling uh, stage. And then certainly self-service. So, I mean, let candidates choose the, the... Some might prefer a slot in the morning or in the evening rather than during the day. So giving them the flexibility in terms of the manager's diary is important. And the manager has the day job, right? The interviewer, they, they yeah. need to juggle this uh, amongst uh, whatever 50 other priorities that they have to work on every week, right? So I guess that is really important to have, you know, a, a smooth process um, around uh, also managing their expectations around it. Um, so as much as the technology can automate this, and perhaps, uh, I guess, with generative AI, we are even at a situation where some of the communication can be taken over by the AI. So the automation potential is even greater. So I think that is also an area where a lot of corporates are interested in that. Um, but many are relying on their vendors, actually, to bring out these kind of innovations or bring these innovations to them. So I think that is definitely some of the things uh, where organizations are looking or maybe waiting a little bit more instead of just, you know, jumping on, um, you know, chat GPT and doing it manually or whatever, right? Because that, again, creates more work um, than, than maybe that it helps. Fully, fully agree with this. And I think especially two aspects that you mentioned, uh, which we also see as, uh, as key to up, to, uh, to up level um, the, the candidate experience, the candidate conversion rates through this funnel. I think on the one hand side is really um, video communication, where we see when a video is part of the initial screening solution, uh, we sometimes even see customers having 10 to 15% better conversion rates because it really, it shows that I take a first step and I, I as a recruiter, as a talent acquisition person, I take the effort and I want to create a personalized experience even though I'm automating certain aspects. So this again comes to the, to the magic loop. Even though certain things are automated, um, how do we create the experience around it that it's still a good experience and we show the candidate, hey, we value you um, in this process. And the, the, the other one which you just mentioned at the, at the end, um, the generative AI, approach, uh, generative AI approach. How do we, as, a, as an organization, actually personalize the communication in a very automated fashion as, as something that we, um, and you said this is normally up to the vendors, right, which we have seen and we are from the ground up an AI company by not just using GPT, but actually using all the data that is available in the system to make it a real personalized message that is not GPT-based, but it actually has all the important context of the candidate application, the candidate CV, the candidate's current stage in the interview process to 
to create a message that really is personal and not just kind of created by AI, but not really a good message. That, that being said, right, when we talk about or when we close down on the screening stage and the scheduling stage um, and we move over to the interview stage, because you also said um, for hiring managers, they have their day-to-day -day job, right? And interviewing candidates is something that is, is probably very new for them um, and the challenge and something that uh, takes practice, takes time um, to make sure you, you actually know how to identify your top talent and how to also in this process create a good candidate experience. Um, what are the, the big challenges, if you summarize it again, um, that you see in the interview, interview stage itself? So once an interview is scheduled and there's the first, the second, the third interview round, what do you see as the, the big challenges here for organizations? Yeah, I guess it's making, I mean, obviously this is a stage also where a lot of um, compliance um, kind of risk might be hidden. Uh, obviously certain questions you are you cannot ask as an interviewer um, so obviously that that is something well already organizations are educating the interviewers uh, for sure about these kind of topics um, definitely um, i guess these interviews are from from the candidates perspective often repetitive like you get the same questions the first interview, maybe in the second interview, maybe with that manager and that other manager. So um, is that really necessary? Uh, can we not internally organize it in a better way uh, so that we share what has been done with these interviews being recorded? Uh, this is becoming an option uh, so that actually managers um, or that candidates don't get asked the same question over and over again. Um, so you can increase the transparency across uh, those different interview events by sharing that and also by looking at like what is a good interview what are the i mean obviously you can prepare it by providing the the right questions in advance role specific questions um, so that the managers have them on screen while they're doing the interview right this if it's a if it's a virtual one i guess this would this already helps quite a lot but then Obviously, there's like how, how long somebody speaks, what the, there's a bit of a um, sentiment analysis that can be done, those kind of things, uh, which modern technology allows um, you to do. Um, so I think that is the, the, the ultimate kind of goal is to increase the quality and the consistency with which these interviews are um, conducted. So there's some, you know, really interesting kind of um, solutions, how organizations can then scale this process, right? Um, how do you do this globally in a 200,000 kind of uh, employee kind of company with whatever hundreds of interviews is a, is a big, big kind of challenge. And then you do it for software engineers, you do it for finance people. So there's a lot of these kind of things where you, you can use these technologies to actually help you do these kind of things now in a much better more efficient way and also from a compliance standpoint i guess gdpr puts uh, out some um, you know uh, important steps that organizations need to look at um, but also so making sure making sure that you actually have the recording in the platform um, can help you with you know with legal court cases um, you know even one or two year, year less years later down the road so i think Thinking holistically about this and how technology can support the interview 
uh, process is a big thing. Certainly there is, you know, many organizations also who want to have the personal touch again, who want people to come back into the office, so meet the team kind of things. And, and those are the emotional experience, again, that help kind of build that uh, psychological contract make are very important too. So I don't, I think technology is like maybe one answer to this, but also like, there's again a need to swing back into maybe personal in real world kind of interview situations where companies are looking, can we dial that up a little bit more? Certainly that doesn't scale as well and it's time consuming. So obviously you want to be, be um, conscious about when you're doing this uh, at what stage and with whom, um, but certainly yeah, these are probably some of the observations I, I would make, Sebastian. Yeah, thanks Thanks for these insights. And uh, um, I think especially the, the fact that right, technology has to adapt in the interview process or to the interview process of an organization, organization right? Because we see, and also and from with talking to our customers or by talking to our customers, we see them moving, some of them moving back to on-site interviews. And it's probably like a 50-50 um, where uh, depending on, on the position, the first interviews are done online. And then for the, for the final interview, let's say we have that personal touch because maybe even we bring all our employees back to the office. And um, what you just, what, what you described there, I think um, can be very well put into, again, three, three simple buckets. And the one inside, like, how do you interview? Uh, how do you prepare interviewers? How do you provide a certain structure? It's all about interview, interview preparation, right? Uh, interview guides, um, how do you provide the right context? As you said, a lot of times questions are asked over and over and over again because the context is entirely missing right now what happened in the first two interview rounds. Uh, I think here technology can really help to make sure if I'm a hiring manager in the last round, I know what questions to ask, I know what questions have been discussed, and ideally I can actually maybe even watch some of the recordings in the past. I remember the times where I, I was like, me reaching out to the recruiter, me reaching out to another interviewer and kind of really trying to understand what is it, what is the feedback that you already gave so I can be very precise in the next round. And that's something where I think a new term is kind of evolving in the HR industry, which is called interview intelligence, um, which is really all this, right? It's um, actually recording conversations, um, providing in with intelligence, providing um, the right information, in the dedicated stage and, and allowing yeah, our HR uh, or our uh, hiring teams to really collaborate effectively and, and use available technology to be more informed and open up that big black box that currently exists between the scheduled interview and the final decision to hire. Yeah, I guess, and, uh, you know, coming, Fosway obviously has um, quite a European-centered view around things. So obviously here in Europe, the use of AI uh, and tools that analyze the interview, the transcripts and all of that, you know, that is great and possible, but certainly something, if you apply it into Germany or into France, is something that you need to be extremely thoughtful of because you have works council questions and, and those kind of things coming up. And and from the, I guess from that perspective, there there's, and, and this is true globally, there's always a human that is taking the final decision, right? These tools are only helping to improve the organization's maturity or to improve the candidate experience. And obviously it has to happen with consent. So, you you know, the candidate has to give consent for the thing to, I mean, that is obvious, but uh, it's probably worth mentioning that also the, that that is something that you need to look for when, when you look at tools, like make sure that they obviously comply to your local 
kind of regulation and also compatible with your culture. Um, certainly, this is uh, more difficult globally because obviously globally there's different kind of cultures in, in every country. Um, so, but definitely from you know from the vendor perspective, we see that some you know of the more U.S. headquartered kind of businesses who grow or vendors who grow in that space then have trouble kind of coming over to Europe because it's a bit of a different culture over here around AI and, and that kind of stuff. So definitely, I think that is important um, for organizations to also consider when they apply technology to make it fit for their kind of local um, needs and, and environments. Yeah, fully agree. And I think as, uh, as, as a German who, is, who grew in, in that uh, culture and we are both German, I think data privacy is something that is very, very important. Yeah, um, people could tell by the accent. I, I, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think that that uh, that aspect is super, super important when actually looking into technology, selecting technology, and saying, "Okay, is that something that that will help us in the organization?" Uh, and that's the same that we see. Um, and talking to the U, the companies in the US um, versus talking to 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 companies in the German or European market. Um, there's a different. There's still a different like angle to it, right? And also with with a consent mechanism while in the US. Uh, a candidate opt out is totally fine and legally legally okay, um, where we inform a candidate about the recording up front. Um, in Germany, it's kind of the other way around. The candidate clearly needs to give the consent and I opt into this recording, which is thus, I think, if, if the provider itself provides these options, very, very clear for the organization and based on the work council and the, the legal departments, um, this can be, can be set up. I think that's um, often more if the options are provided by the by the provider, by the technology provider, um, there's a lot more flexibility in, in how to make this work. And in, in addition to this, I think you mentioned something very important is the human in the loop, um, right? Where I think, especially in the interview process, it's technology is really there um, to make the interviewer more efficient uh, and not to evaluate a candidate or, or um, take a decision um, by, in, in an automated fashion that will not have an impact on the decision. It's more on the interviewer experience. And that being said, also the candidate experience in the interview process. Yeah, I guess even sharing potentially examples of you know, very good interviews internally uh, prior to or do you, when you want to upskill somebody is, is definitely a good idea, right? Because then people can see you know, what, how others are doing it. And I mean, Watching a video is one thing, but a skill is a skill. So you, it, a skill means it's not just knowledge in your head. It's something that allows you to act and to kind of put it into the real world, right? So then people need to be able to watch the content, but then on the other side, have the opportunity to practice. Um, so this is an important part of the learning experience uh, and the upskilling um, mantra, I guess. And, and from that perspective, um, that is also something that uh, some technology solutions out there already are starting to kind of think of and adopt into their kind of um, uh, functionality set and capability set. Great. Um, I think that that gave a very good overview now. Um, I guess we covered of... a lot, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of how, how do a candidate uh, move through the entire hiring funnel from screen to scheduling to interview. Um, and we looked at the different aspects from the recruiter efficiency uh, perspective, but also especially important, the candidate experience. Um, because as you said, talent is very rare in, in the today's market. 
in today's market and that's why a good candidate experience is key to actually make a good hire um so you also said in the beginning like top of mind um of a lot of hr people is how um, are actually setting up um how do they set them up for success in the future right um maybe you can to to close this conversation um sum this up what do you really see as the, the top three aspects that hr leaders need to cover um, and how do they how do they start tackling this and what might be a good strategy to step by step um get started on this approach yeah i, I mean i guess uh, maybe coming back to like all the things we've covered, I guess uh, don't feel intimidated by, you know, uh, all the things that we've discussed, right? Um, there's, uh, you don't need to solve the world all in one day, right? Um, I guess align to the challenges that your organization has, um, do it step by step, do it for certain roles first, do it for, you know, maybe the high volume first or do it, you know, um, for the, where you have the greatest um, pain points. So I think, um, we, we didn't want to intimidate anybody by kind of going through this um, in, 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 in the great length. But um, certainly in terms of um, what's top of mind for CHOs, I guess certainly um, budget pressure is, I guess, the, the thing. Um, so there's possibly a bit of a need uh, to keep the cost under control, both from a technology and from a resource perspective. So. Uh, is there an opportunity potentially to consolidate your HR technology? This is certainly something that we have seen gone up in terms of the um, number of organizations who want to consolidate things into less platforms. Um, and I guess the other thing is around skills availability. Um, so what are the skills of the future? What are the things I need in two years, in three years time? How can I start to hire for that already now? How can I you know, embed those skills into my role descriptions and my job descriptions that I put out there uh, so that I can start to build and, and source some of the skills already now. Also internally, right? Not It's not just an external market question. It's also like, how do you upskill, reskill people uh, that are already in the organization who have of a lot of the background knowledge? So kind of um, from a talent acquisition standpoint don't think of it in in a silo i guess also Inside, look at it yeah. how how the learning functions things about upskilling reskilling how you can work together this i think is a lot where a lot of chos headspace is at the moment how can they bring these things together in a holistic approach that, that covers it like from even the planning stage and then through to the execution stage into turn acquisition and talent development learning and so on i think that that will be some of the the, the, the i guess the where a lot of the conversations are around AI certainly is one of them. Um, having roundtables at the moment with a lot of corporates around the topic. And, you know, many are still kind of like, oh, you know, what do we do with this kind of thing? I guess the, the main approach that we're currently seeing is, okay, what do the vendors that we currently have offer? What is their roadmap? You know, what are they starting to get out? And then how can we adopt it? How can we make that work for us? I think that is, the, I guess, the predominant kind of um, sentiment, I think, that that I would maybe transport back on that one, um, if that makes sense. But yeah, so I think that that's my, that will be my response. Great, thanks, thanks, Ben. And um, I think that is a, a perfect final, final statement uh, of this conversation, of this podcast. Uh, we covered, as you said, we covered a lot. Um, we went through the three different stages, screen, uh, scheduling, interviewing, um, 
And just re-emphasizing on, on the importance of uh, like the recruiter experience, um, the candidate experience in this funnel, how to make this automated, how to make this still a humanized, personalized experience for all parties involved is a very key aspect where I think the term hiring intelligence is, is key. Um, like how do you create this intelligent hiring process that just upscales or up-levels the, the experience for all, all involved stakeholders um, is something that um, we have seen them kind of emphasize. And um, yeah, that being said, uh, thank you for the conversation. It was a pleasure to have you here uh, and to gain uh, or to share all your insights with the audience. And thanks a lot. Yeah, thank you, Sebastian, and have a good day, everyone. Love that conversation. I think talking about the candidate experience is something that we've done here at Phenom for years, and it's finally catching on throughout the industry, as you know, Sven mentioned there and Sebastian talked to as well. Uh, if you are interested in learning more about Fossway, I know that they do a nine grid. Um, they are fantastic analysts in the industry. You can always head over to uh, Fossway, uh, their LinkedIn or their website to learn more, to check out their nine grid or perhaps schedule some time with them. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode we'll of course have the blog recap the podcast will be out later today for you to listen to if you didn't catch the entire episode and you can always watch the replay on youtube or here on linkedin but in the meantime i hope everyone has a safe a happy and a healthy weekend remember snow always lands on top and next week we are going to be sharing some of the highlights of the year we've been doing uh txl for what feels like forever, but it's been about three years now. And we want to recap this past year because we've had some of our favorite guests on. So you won't want to miss that episode next Thursday at noon Eastern time, of course. Uh, and in the meantime, I hope everyone has a great weekend. Thanks so much. See you soon. Talent Experience Live, of course, is proudly brought to you by the good folks here at Phenom, whose purpose is to help a billion people find the right job. Our intelligent talent experience platform, which helps candidates find the right roles faster, employees evolve in their current roles and beyond, recruiters achieve some next level productivity and managers build better teams with data and analytics. And of course, all of this is powered by super slick artificial intelligence and machine learning. So head on over to phenom.com to learn more.